get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. and T-Bone on BK. You've got BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. We are broadcasting live at the EMB Granite Studios out at the Centene Community Ice Center where the Blues had content day today. They will begin training camp starting up tomorrow. And we are very happy to be joined in person, in studio, by the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. You can follow him on Twitter at his name, at Chris Kerber. Kerbs, we appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? This was our home for what felt like a year and a half of doing <laughs> hockey games remotely. Yep. Don't miss that. Yep. Our intimate. No, I don't miss. I don't miss that oh. at all. I, 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 T Bone uh, and I still have nightmares of being uh, for nine thirty starts against the Vancouver Canucks oh. and ending post game at like two a.m. Yeah, but we had some great meals though, didn't we? Like we made oh, the yeah. best of. It. We we stopped at some great restaurants well, and brought brought Dodie dinners ate most in. Most of it though. <laughs> Dodie didn't leave any for anybody I'm gonna else. T- listen, listen. We went up to Paul Mano's. Well, one night, and I'd, I'd, I'd stop in, and you know, and you're helping all the different restaurants and the people you know through COVID, right? And you're so we, I said, Paulie, so I ordered up this meal from Paul, and I brought it down here, and it's this great Italian meal. And we got, I mean, we've got we've got some some of his great pasta, and we've got the, the sea bass special he always has, and just this, the great stuff. We each had a Paul's salad in there, and I mean, Dodie plowed through it. I, I'd say it if he's sitting right here, so I know, right. And then we're, like, doing the game, and the TVs are right in front of where you guys are sitting. And so you kind of see underneath Doty. I mean, it's not like – we're not, like, ten minutes after we just finished this great feast. And he's digging into the Fritos and bean dip, like the canned bean dip that will last through a yeah. nuclear holocaust, right? And we're like, oh, my God. Like, Doty, like, you're going to die. Like, that's what we said to him during the break. We're like, you can't – like, that's a – like, you're still eating. <laughs> and so we, we, we then then we teased Dodie and and, every, and then when Dodie uh he filled in for Ryan Schulte for us one time just as a gift we left him a can of bean dip on right a chair yeah and then the one time Joey, I didn't even know bean dip still existed oh yeah but I had that as a kid I, bean I, dip? I, I oh, yeah. don't know the the I, stuff he might have been eating might have been still on the shelf from when you were <laughs> a kid <laughs> Joey yeah. brought in his sourdough bread the one game too and and like it's a big loaf of bread he oh, brought yeah. in for me for Curbs and for Dodie and by the end of that game. Three quarters of that loaf was gone. Yeah. Like Dodie, how did you eat that sourdough that, bread? That's how my child. We're teasing my, him with affection right yeah, now. Yeah, so right? of course, yeah, okay. my two-month-old kid, he'll go three hours without eating, and then when he's ready to go, you would think that he has never eaten before, and that's basically the way that Dodie operates. Hey, listen, uh, we did with our kids, if, and it, this is fantastic because uh, you'll you'll get within range in the next two months or so when you can start this, but teaching your kids. At that age, sign language. Oh, sure, yeah, is massive. So my sister, who, whose kids are a few years older than than mine, when she babysat for Gracie for us once, and we said, "No, this is for more." When she yep. wants more, and yep. she'll tell you when she wants to eat and when she wants milk are all done. And she goes, "If I had taught my kids that, it would have saved me hours." Yep. And it is the coolest thing is the parent was that here are these little things that can't do much on their own, but poop, yep. right? And they can communicate to you, mm-hmm. and and they just they just can't speak the words, yeah. right? But sure enough, I mean, and she you she 
tag on you. She'd go like this, okay, you want to eat, and you just put food. It was Still awesome. I was trying to teach my two-year-old the poop sign language. Remember from, uh, what was it, Meet, Meet the Fockers? Yeah. Where, you know, he yeah. taught her how to, I'm trying to teach her that. She doesn't get it. <laughs> She's just like, poop. She'll get it. I pooped. Plain She'll get it. But teach the sign language. You'll have fun as a parent. We did more. That. We've yeah. taught her more. Yeah, it's a neat one. Chris Kerber is joining us in studio. If you don't know, he's the voice of the Blues. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be along uh, for the ride this upcoming season on your home of the Blues 101 ESPN. All right, Kerbs, let's talk a little bit about this team. We mentioned on our opening segment today, the vibes just feel different this mm-hmm. year. And you can feel that sometimes when you walk into the room, you talk into the guys. Last year, the, it, it just felt tense uh, whenever we were doing the exact same day this time last year. It, it wasn't that anybody was mean or angry or anything like that. You could just you could feel the tension uh, compared compared to what it is this year. The guys feel loose this time around, and I do think that is something that is meaningful. That doesn't mean they're going to go on to win the Stanley Cup. It doesn't guarantee success this season, but it is the prerequisite of having success going into any individual season. What's been your read on the team in the early portion of what you've been able to see? Well, I think I think first off, you've got to go back and wrap up last season, and Braden Chen touched on that in his press conference yesterday. So I believe in the first couple days of training camp, Maybe even the first game of the regular season. There might be a few questions from from media about last season. I get the sense from Braden Shen, like, okay, we'll answer a couple questions, but we're really turning the page. Um, then I, I so in, in wrapping that up from last year, I think about what Doug Armstrong said in his postseason pressers, what Craig Berube said. Frankly, all the players, I mean, they all said the same thing in different ways, talking about they didn't feel like they came together as a team. So the, the natural you know, route to explore through the offseason is why was that? One of the things that I think has surfaced when you talk to some people now, having had the offseason to digest last year, was maybe an underestimation by the team. And by the team, you know, you're talking maybe, and Doug Armstrong has touched on this, Craig Berube's touched on this. And so, so more the, the management and the coaching aspect of it, of the impact of having as many impactful players as the Blues had on expiring contracts. And it's not something that we have really, if you think of all the questions you guys have asked to, to NFL players or teams or, or, or analysts and then and, and NBA, MLB, all, all, the, all the major sports. It's not a topic that I, I honestly have heard discussed so too much in the NFL more so than any other sport I because think. that's the one sport with the where they, they could get cut and frankly those players will hold out and fight for an extension right. a lot earlier but to have a season carry through where as many guys and they were key guys on expiring contracts there's talking about that maybe they underestimated the impact of that and yeah. it doesn't mean that that selfishness grew in I think it means that human nature came in what's my future where am I next? Trade deadline talk starting in December, January. And that all started to play a role. So when Braden Shen said yesterday that he felt that they, they got behind the eight ball a little bit, uh, maybe, maybe not as focused as they needed to be earlier, but they when they tried to catch up, they just couldn't get that traction. You wonder how much that played a part in it. So move that forward to this year. There were a lot of guys in town early. There were a lot of guys. There, there were a whole group of guys, like Oscar Sunko, that, that actually were here pretty much all summer. Uh, they were practicing together. They can't practice with coaches per the rules, but, you know, Philip McRae, yeah. you know, who, who's running the hockey school here at, at, at Centene Community Ice and was out on the ice with prospects and things like that. Like, they're, 
that there was like a commitment to getting back to some of the core things, almost like the shock to the system happened. I think that's what you're feeling, you know, Brandon, when you're talking about the guys coming in and this vibe, there's an eagerness to get going. And sure, some of it may be the longer off season, but there are certain clouds and question marks in terms of individual contracts and things that don't really seem to exist right now. Having said that, you still have Sammy Blay on a one-year, Kapanen, Verona. You those have those. It. That's different than a guy that is looking for a long-term extension. Those guys are, are trying to prove themselves to get back to that's what they your, That's right. Were. That's something to prove versus you're there. Yeah, I've earned kind this. Of Why aren't you giving Correct. me what I have it's right now? It's like a right. PTO. You're not just trying out for the team that's brought you in. You're trying out for every other team around the National Hockey League, and that's the same can be said for a guy yeah. like Kapanen and Verona. But it's still, but it's still even though that – those situations are different. The human nature part of that is something that I think Doug Armstrong, Craig Berube, and, and, and the coaching staff, and everybody is a little more aware of because of what For they sure. dealt with last year. Because yeah. at some point in time, if, you, if, if guys get slotted in certain areas, right? And maybe, and, and look, this isn't predictive. This is just scenario talking, okay? If Jacob Verana, Yakub, if Yakub, I'll get, I'll figure out which way I'm going to say it by the start of the year. If if Yakub Verana comes, you know, and slides down the roster a little bit, because maybe Jake Neighbors steps up, maybe maybe a Bolduc comes on the scene in camp here and just proves, who knows? They uh, now you have to, you will deal with some of that mental part because he knows, hey, I want a chance to prove myself because there's that, and I just think that this team from a management aspect, is going to be a little more equipped on how and why and th- that those situations, if they creep in, will get dealt with. And, and it's the old 4-H, you learn by doing. And last year was a hell of a learning experience. Curves leadership uh, side of things, I think everybody was on the same page. They expected Braden Shen. If they were going to name a captain, it was going to be Braden Shen. But how impactful of a decision is that on that team? I think in the end, and how many times did we talk about this, and it, it – you kind of got the vibe that it might go the co-captain route. Yeah. yeah. Got the vibe a lot, I actually. looked up two days ago how <laughs> many teams – I looked up every single team. I have it in my uh, my email right now. How many teams have had a co-captaincy during the course of their season? They would have been the because first Because I was wondering. I thought uh, that was what the expectation They would have been the first be. team since the 80s with the Penguins. Uh, the, yeah, the Blues had it with um, – Oh man! They had it with Paul Gretzky and, and no, 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 no. But that this was, was losing the captaincy. No, this was ah. Uh, oh, there were two guys that year. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, and, and I looked it up just yesterday. Bernie Federico and I were going through the captains, you know, because oh, really? he played with so yeah, many. Yeah, I was going to say he 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 really bridged the gap with so many of them. I, I think in the end they looked at everything and they looked at at, at a couple of key factors. And a, one is you have young players. You have to show young players a direction. We've seen what happens in sports when you have the rudderless ship of true leadership to show the guys the way. I think Doug Armstrong, in fairness to him, did so much due diligence on this and talking to former players, former captains, Hall of Famers, Hall of Fame coaches, all those, all those people that he talked to. He really wanted to make sure that if we do just go this one captain right and, and, and Remember also making sure that there's the breathing room for these young players to come into their own. Uh, I, I do think he did his due diligence, and in the end, he looked at it and said, "There really, true is, is is one guy right now with his style of play, um, the vocalness. They want more vocality in that position because they want more accountability in the room. Again, part of the learning curve of last year that 
Uh, in the end, they looked at it. And then you look at this coach. You need a guy with this coach that can be the stopgap mm-hmm. because he's a demanding coach. And that's not a negative, but Craig told us a story the other day of one point he was going to go into the room and Alex Petrangelo just stopped him in the hallway and said, we got it. And Craig Berube said, that's what you want. Yep. Because of his history, both as a young player in Philadelphia and then now in St. Louis, the championship run, the expectations, the, the unfortunate scenario of last season, Braden Shen has ridden those highs and lows with Craig Berube. He's the guy to stop him in the hallway and say, we got it. And uh, I, I think it ends up being a very impactful choice for this franchise. All right, a couple of uh, superlatives that I want to throw your way. Just quick hitters here, yep. Curb. So we're talking to Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, here on 101 ESPN, your home for the St. Louis Blues. Who's the guy that appears to be in the best shape of his life today? Ooh. Well, I haven't seen him hit the ice yet until yesterday. I don't care. You can so see, we're looking at. You can tell. We're looking at. Uh, you can, actually, did you see Pareko's biceps? I'm coming. I'm going to tell you guys a guy who I think has come into camp in great shape and, and by the way, did so last year as well. It's Jordan Cairo. That's what he That's said. What I said. <laughs> he said the and same BK thing. Jordan Cairo. On it. I'm with, uh, Jordan, Jordan Cairo, from a fitness standpoint, comes in ready to go. Yeah. looks like He looked yeah. like Muhammad Ali when so. he was in here with us. He's got those boxing moves. He's ready for a I couple went of Happy. I think Happy looks like Kaepernick. he's in the best shape yeah. that he's been in. Verona did too. Yeah. I, mean, I love the personalities of things yeah. in Swedes. Oh, yeah. really They're always good. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, honestly – it was nice to see Sonny because you've only heard about Sonny with these teams and dealing with the injuries that he's gone through since he was here. It was nice to see Sonny. Sonny looked like he was in the, re- the proper shape to start training camp. He did. And the challenge is, is when you're Oscar Sundquist, you are a player that plays one way. Yep. And you play one way that is going to abuse your body. Yep. And so injuries are going to be part of his story. We know that going in, that's okay because you know what you're getting on the ice every time he steps on. Who is the Blues player that is going to surprise fans by how he plays this year? You're going to take that in any direction. Maybe it's a guy that's already been here for a number of years that elevates his game or a guy that they've never seen before, never heard of really, and ends up having some kind of a role. Who's the guy that surprises fans? I'm going with a guy that his name keeps coming up every time I ask somebody a question. Nick Ritchie. Dickinson. Uh, Isaac Ratcliffe. Dickinson. Dickinson. Yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, uh, Do we have a first name? Tanner. Tanner Dickinson. T Bone. Okay. Oh, Remember friends. this? We talked about him. They, he, he was having a good year. He broke his leg. He tried to come back from this, and whatever the, the, the procedure was, didn't quite right. So he had to go back in. He finally got back, started playing last year. The team feels. Highly and looks upon this young man highly enough that he was a focal point of Chris Thorburn. Hmm. And Chris Thorburn would go, and even while he was rehabbing, talk with him. And he was showing him videos. Hey, this is what it was like when you were playing. This is the goal. These are some of the goals you scored. This is that. This is that. And they really kept him mentally going. When I've talked with play- people that have been on the ice with him, when you'd asked uh, Tim Taylor about him, I asked Tim Taylor who might have been one of the most impressive guys in the prospect camp. Dickinson, I talked to somebody today that was on the ice with him, not just through prospect camp, but then also in the most recent, you know, like the tournament up up in Chicago and all that, or Minnesota. And they go, he's absolutely flying. I said, he's got the hands too? He goes, yeah. And he's one that is so far off the radar because he missed a whole year of hockey, no one's looking at him. So where exactly is he going to slot BK more to your question? I don't know, but... Too many people have brought his name up as excited to see how good he looks right now that I'm 
one, pulling for the young man because of what he had to do to get back into playing pro hockey. But two, uh, I'm excited to see if he can be impactful somewhere. Is he more skill or two-way ask? And I'm asking this generally because I don't know much about him. Yeah, I don't. To be honest with you, I can't answer that one yet at the moment just because when you've missed that kind of time. Yeah. Okay, two-way, yes, right? Where the hands and everything get going into competition, we, we will wait and see. Because 35 games in his final mm-hmm. junior year, he had 18 goals and 47 points. So he puts up numbers. Yes. Yeah, 40, yeah. 40 goal score is what I heard right here from Chris Kerber <laughs> on BK and Ferrario. That's, we have the hot takes I here on. I was not speaking Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> the Tan Man, Tanner Dickinson. That is the name to watch. Sorry, for Tanner, you lost Blues. your nickname. Uh, oh, no, he doesn't gone. like that one. Yeah. Tan Man oh, is Tan a, Man's? It's, it's gone. It's probably because he can't tan. Uh, he's got T Bone. Tan Man is Tanner Dickinson. Curbs, we appreciate the time. Good. Looking forward to doing this throughout the NHL season with yep. Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues. He'll join us each and every Wednesday here on BK and Ferrario.